Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. We're getting back to something like life. Yes, we are. I start my new job soon. Unbelievable. I know. Right? And things with our family have mostly settled down after, to back up, if you're just joining us, our number two child's other mom, your ex, accused me of abusing our child. Yes, she did. And while that was obviously found to be a falsehood, there was a whole process involved in that. There was, and there was a process for him as well, because he believed that you were abusive to him. I think he has some belief of that, but I think he also knows that some of the things he's saying are clearly fabrications or exaggerations of his experience. Yeah, some of them are, and some of them, whether they are exacerbated by his own processing, are his experiences of that you're mean, just like, I mean, if I make him fold his clothes, you know, it's just mean of me. It is, but because I'm the stepmom, I've got the step monster layer to it. And so when you're mean, you're just dad being strict. But when I'm mean, I'm abusive. Except when I'm mean and then I'm the whole problem again, which is another story. Oh my God, I can't believe this is... Well, I take that back. I totally can believe that this is still a problem with your ex. I can too, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So over the past couple months, she had decided that she had no interest in coming to family therapy. Correct. She didn't want to go. We had number two in therapy. He was seeing the therapist by himself. He was seeing the therapist with you. And then he was seeing the therapist with you and me Mm -hmm. after we had resolved some of our family issues, your sister facilitated having all of us together Mm -hmm. and she had no interest in it. And her explanation for this, my God, she's like Trump. She says, I don't want people telling me that I'm wrong. I don't want them pointing out all the bad things I do. Where did you get this? News? This was in one of her emails to you. Oh, okay. The ones that you've quit reading and sent to your yes, work okay. wife and I. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I have no idea. Yes. And I'm, she, she I'm hearing what you're saying, but... Basically said that everyone around us is toxic. And as evidence of that said that we are basically holding her accountable, which to me would be indicative of friendship. Your friends should hold you accountable. If you only want people around you who are going to make you feel good about yourself, you don't want friends. You want yes men. Right. But... I see. Yeah, that's that's the way that is. She didn't want to join the therapy process because she didn't want to be told that she was doing things wrong. Nobody likes to be told they're doing things wrong, but sometimes it's a good idea. So the boy decided that we were doing well enough that he didn't want to go to therapy anymore. And I think part of it was that he realized that the remedy was worse than the problem. I think he solved some of the initial problems there because he created a problem for himself unconsciously, I'm sure, because he's a kid. But he was just reactive to you. He your, was. your existence made him react. And I would walk in the room and he would adopt a aggressive posture or make an exasperated noise or a frustrated face or he had become so reactive to my mere existence. And yes, this was remedied. Yes. And at the same time, you, uh, although not nearly as thorough, I should say, (laughs) 
as he does, had reactions to him as well because he, he had been violent so much that... It, it was hard not to when you walk into a room and a kid takes an aggressive stance like they're about to charge you. It's hard not to immediately be on the defensive, even when you know you're the adult in charge of the situation, even when you know that, you know, in the long run, you're not going to be damaged by this situation. It's still hard not to immediately have that emotional distancing. I disagree. I think everyone is damaged by that type of situation. And I think um, a lot has changed from time and space and the therapy you know, added to that. I won't say the therapy was, the therapy was not the catalyst. No. But the therapy was... It facilitated. It, it, it was. I mean, you know, if you're going to make a formula, you need a beaker to put it in. And Yes. So... That definitely was what happened. So... And so he is less reactive to me, and I am in turn less reactive to him. And I won't say we're all better, but we are significantly better and no longer in immediate danger of being accused of abuse again. I do say immediate danger. Is that like this minute or this hour? Well, given given that our boy is at his other mom's right now, this minute and hour may be technically more dangerous than tomorrow will be, but... They're supposedly sleeping, but you know. Anyhow... I like it when things go better and people get along, but it's very difficult. It is difficult. And your ex had said she didn't even want to be in the same room with me because I was so toxic. And then two weeks later, walks into the house, number two child lets her in when she's coming to pick him up and walks right in and starts having a... She sat down and started having a conversation. conversation. I like, came in the how house. How are you today? And, and I'm looking at you like... Like making... What's going on in here? Pleasantries. <laughs> What's going on? Small talk. And so you, didn't, you didn't even blink. You just sat there like, mm-hmm. Okay, you remember that I also have the crazy in my last life, too. Yes. So, no, I didn't blink. So, you know, that's good because now that part's over with. And I think that she does see in, in some of the, the emails, before I stopped reading them, that she did say this is his reality, this is his experience, and that's real for him. So she's acknowledging that it, it may not be real, real. It's sort of like dragon real, you know? It's it's like religion real. It's real to you, and you choose to believe it, and it's real in the way that it affects your life, but it's not real facts that can be empirically proven. Yeah, I think that's probably more accurate. The dragons sound more fun, though. Or more, Don't they? I think, actually, they sound more accurate. Potential danger, yeah. Yes. <laughs> dragons, okay. they sound cool, but they breathe fire. Damn. Right? It's a problem. So, yeah, she just waltzes in and starts playing nice. And then she sends you a thank you email for like, you have kept her on our family gym membership and you have been giving her number two child's adoption subsidy to help her pay bills and take care of him. And she sends you this great thank you email followed of course by more attacks. Yeah, it got quiet for a bit. And then I got an email the other day, and because it had been a minute, I and it was early in the morning. I was up very early. Which You've is, been doing that lately. Yeah, I have. I don't know why. Um, I'm sorry. I started to read it, and then I was farther along than I should have been before I realized, oh, I'm not supposed to read these. I'm supposed to send them to my volunteer, <laughs> um, who's my work wife, and my work wife will read the email and then tell me if there's something I actually needed to know. Yes. Because otherwise there's a lot of drama mm-hmm. and a fair amount of it is everything's my fault. 
whatever it is. And I just, it's not, it takes me longer to sort that out of there and say, what is really happening here? Is there anything I need to do about this? And a lot of that, I think, is the fact that it's all written words, and that is not your natural way of processing things. It's not, and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So that's really not my way of processing words. So you give it to your work wife, and occasionally you also give it to me, and we skim them, and we tell you, here's what I think this says. Here's my summary. Yeah, my work wife's job is to read it and tell me if there's something I need to do. Like, uh, do I need to respond? And then secondly, is there anything I need to know? Yeah. <laughs> and generally, her opinion is negative on both of those, uh, I, that I do not need to, and and negative, I should say. <laughs> Yes. Um, well, the the email that I got the other day, early in the morning, the one that snuck up on me, yeah, was that I am now the problem with my son, and I should take him back to therapy because I'm obviously a problem. I got that far, and then I remembered to send it to my work wife. Good boy. Yeah. And it was funny because I sent it and she doesn't sleep either. So she sent me back like two very short replies that I thought, that's odd. Those are short. And the third one saying, I need to think about this because I don't have anything nice to say basically right now. I I don't have anything that, that, that would be helpful. And she has been, your work wife has been extra frustrated about some situations at work anyway. And so she, she probably had a harder time than usual finding nice words. Yeah, she's very frustrated with work. She's super big on responsibility and follow through and just general competency and I think things that are often lacking in government. I was just going to say she forgets she works for the government. Oh my god! So yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should tell her she should get the hormone levels checked or something because she hasn't had that patch in like a year. Maybe it's just a problem now. I don't know. Uh. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's really the situation. But anyhow, anyhow, if it starts to go like nuclear, then I know. (laughs) Well, and even if it could be a benefit, like when things were hard for you and our lawyer friend said the same thing, that if you had been on a lower dose of tea, that you might bump it up a little bit because it just does help your mood. So if she is encountering some situational frustrations that improved hormones could also help her deal with. It might. I should ask her to to consider that because I'm sure it's quite uncomfortable for her to be quite so feisty lately. (laughs) But in any case, (laughs) yes. so I sent her the email. I got two short replies of what she thought that weren't complete. And then a third one saying, I I have to think because I can't say anything productive right now. So the bottom line was this email was fairly negative and... It was. Yeah. Um, And accusatory. Yeah. And and I I thought, oh boy, because I said to you before, why are you the problem when I'm always the one yelling at them? I yell at the kids. You do. Yes. You do. And you and I actually had a discussion about that the other night because number three child had noticed that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we need to see if we can do some things where you and number three can have some relationship building time. And then you did. You took her to a cultural event downtown this morning. I did. But um, in the meantime, we had that conversation that night. And then the next morning, I got this wonderful email. 
Oh my gosh. So it was a problem and then it was a problem. Oh. And I thought, okay, somebody needs to sort this out and I need to know which part is really the problem and which part is not even the problem. But anyhow, um, so it's unusual that I get these this kind of a reply from her. But what I didn't get was then the phone call that my work wife made to me because then I had left with number two child to go to the previous cultural event. Okay. The one, the, one, the, the other day with yes. him. And, you know. Yes. So there are these weird out west things that happen. And it's summer, so things like that. Pioneer are stuff. Okay. So anyhow, my work wife had tried to call me and didn't get me, got voicemail and left me a voicemail. But I didn't see that voicemail until late the, the, that night. So I'd gone to work. We had had this talk, which I'll talk about in a second. And then when I got home that night, I, I saw the voicemail that said, hey, uh, just call me back when you get this okay. and you have a chance. So That's funny. So I went to work and I went in late because I had taken the boy to the cultural thing. And so I was walking around with my work wife who we leave the office if we are going to talk about something because it's small and everybody will know your business and they know most of it anyway. So a little bit less is better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprised because... Yeah, she was mad about the email and the tone of it and the trajectory, but she was particularly trajectory. mad what what my ex was aiming at. Ah, uh, okay. But what surprised me is that what she brought up was, how is this person that you're divorced from, basically, uh-huh. you know, how is this person trying to give you advice about the relationship with your son? This person is giving you relationship advice. I don't think so. And by this person, you indicate that she is not the right person, or your work wife was indicating that she is not the right person to offer relationship advice. And what evidence did she have for this? Well, that that's I mean, a, you and I know, but that's the point of it. She said, "I said, well, okay, yeah, that's absolutely true. You are right." And she said, "You you couldn't even be yourself. You couldn't even have your transition." And she was furious about that fact. Right. And that took me by surprise because as a trans person, you get used to these things and you just deal with them and yeah. that's a thing and you couldn't do the thing and yeah. what else is new, right? But as we've discussed before, you started to start the transition process some decades ago while you were with her. Yes. And were unable to continue, not because she was telling you no, but because... Not directly no. No. She, but there's a no because... There were many circumstances that her needs were more important than mine. And so my transition didn't happen. And that's a good point of my work wife of this very important thing in your life didn't get to happen. And that is completely unfair and unacceptable. And now this person wants to tell you how to run your life. I don't think so. They're the last person that should tell you anything for that factor, for the very factor. And I thought I would not have thought of basing it on that because as a trans person, I get, you know, you I've gotten so used to all those places where I had to adapt and deal, I forgot. That's one of the things I had to do. Yes. I had to not have my transition when I wanted to and not get to have my life the way I wanted it. Right. And she's right. It is a really, really big deal. Yeah. Everything else should get behind it. Uh-huh. So, so, we were, so that, that happened. So, 
and I was this I was person surprised. who, when you were in a relationship with her, was so needy in your relationship and had put such demands on your time and energy that you couldn't transition is now trying to tell you that you're the problem with our kid who has numerous documented organic challenges. And I can, I, I understand there might be a problem, but I don't think it's as monumental as she always makes it. She does have a tendency to catastrophize. I don't think it's even a catastrophe. I think it's like, you know, even bigger. It's like an apocalypse or something every uh, time. She she doesn't just catastrophize, she apocalifies. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Sure. It doesn't sound as funny when I say it out loud as it did in my head. Okay. <laughs> it's late. We're tired. So the email about me being this big problem indicated that I should take the boy back to therapy. To help sort out your problems with him. Yes. And that part I had read. And so not having gone to work yet, I got the email. I started to read. I remembered. I sent it to work wife. I took the boy to the event. I went to work after. So I'm at the event with the boy. We're leaving the event. We're walking back to the car. It's a long walk. Well, it's only long because he's looking for creatures. But anyhow. <laughs> um, half, of, half of these events at like parks and public places are actually engaging with the event. And half of it is finding the nature space near the event where he can hunt down lizards and frogs and such. Yes. So anyway. It's important. (laughs) It is. So I said to him, look, son, I got this email from your mother this morning, and she thinks we should go back to Mr. Rogers, the therapist, because there's a problem. I find it amusing that you call him Mr. Rogers. That's a very interesting pseudonym to pick. It's, yeah, it's Because he's, he's this... He just needs a green sweater, don't you think? Young queer who really is like a very young queer Mr. Rogers. He's very, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you expect him to come in and change his shoes and ask you how your day was. Put on his green sweater. Yes. Let's sing a song with your neighbor. <laughs> so, and he says, okay. And I say, so, and he sa- he says, hang on a second. Hang on. Wait a second. He says to me. This is hilarious that he says, wait a second. Hang on. It is. And I was like, okay. And he says, I I don't need to go to Mr. Rogers and I don't need therapy because I already did that. And I don't have to go back because I'm done. And what else did he say? Did he say anything about his concerns with you or whatever? Like what the problems were. Oh, he said, and it's it's not a problem. There's not a problem here and it's not a big deal. So why does it have to be a big deal? I don't see why it has to be a big deal. And I said, well, it doesn't have to if there's not a problem. But if there is a problem, I would like to make sure we take care of it. And he says, all right, but I don't need to go to Mr. Rogers. And it really isn't a big deal. Did, did he ever say what the it is? And I, no. So I said, is there a problem? And he said, no, I think she just has a lot of anxiety. That's what he said. Our 11-year-old is saying that his mother has a lot of anxiety, and that's why she's accusing. Like, well, he knows that. That's fair enough if he yes, knows it. I think that's... People with anxiety get a lot of worries. Yes. And I said, okay, so there's not a problem. She's just worried about you because of her anxiety. You know, we had this little conversation, and that's what we came to. And he says, yeah, she just, like, has a lot of it. And I said, okay, so if there's a problem, you do need to let me know because we got to figure out how to fix it. And I said, I think she thinks there's a problem because you want to be at her house and you can't always be at her house because sometimes she has to rest. And so when it's time to come to my house and you're not ready, she thinks that means you don't want to come here because there's a problem. And he's like, it's not a big deal. Why does it have to be a big deal? Because he also has a tendency to catastrophize in much smaller ways. He's not good at transitions. That's no, all it is. No, he's not. 
So, and so this is a thing that has happened numerous times that he doesn't want to acknowledge his his own feelings or his own concerns because he realizes that they will be dealt I think with. He, he doesn't recognize them either, which is why sometimes you have to say, no, no, this is your fault. And he goes, oh. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. Okay. But he accepts that at that point when he does hear, when he can hear you saying that to him, he accepts it because then he knows he can do something. Yes. And if he could realize that more, that would be great. But the thing is... When he sees it to be his fault or his own issue that he can't do something about, or when he doesn't see it. He doesn't believe he can do something. He will make it about someone else. Like when I asked him what he wanted for his birthday, and he told me that his sister says we buy them baby games because he wanted a game that was rated T for teen. Mm -hmm. You know, he makes it about something else if he doesn't want to own it, or if he can't see a mature way or a positive way to come out looking good by He's 11. There's no mature way. I I understand. Yeah. And he's also, you know, 11 going on. I think we've reached six now. Yeah. I think therapy helped. Yeah. But his humor sometimes is definitely, it's 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fart jokes and... You know, but anyhow, weird. He he is definitely maturing. Yes, and that's good for lots of reasons. Oh, so I said so when you're at your mom's house. I think I said this before the other thing, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. When you're at your mom's, I know that she can pick you up sooner from school, so you can go out and play, and you don't have to get up as early to get to school. And I can't do that because I have to go to work. When I take you, you have to go to kids club, and I yeah. don't get to pick you up as early. And he says, yeah, yeah. And I said, so, but what else? What else is could be better? Those are things I can't change, but are there some other things that are that you like when you're at your mom's that we should discuss and figure out if we can change those things, you know? Uh-huh. And he says, well, it's really not a big deal. Like he just really doesn't want to talk about it at that point. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, if there is something I need to know, otherwise I can't do that thing for you. You know, I can't figure it out with you. So her take on on that type of thing is that he doesn't want to talk about things, which is why she thinks I should take him back to Mr. Rogers. But I don't think it's a good idea to ever force a kid into therapy or any of those helping things because then they're not helpful. Mental health professional for a government agency, you know all about children who've been forced into therapy. (laughs) Yes. So I'm not going to do that to him. Okay. But, I think that's wise. Yeah. Um, but I think what I what I hear in his response is that it's not a big deal. And it's not really about that he needs something in particular from me, you know? And the other thing, back to my work wife, because I said to her, I'm, I'm really fed up right now. I feel like I can't do anything with my children. And I'm, I'm fed up with trying. And I probably will get over that and try again. But I'm not convinced of it at the moment, as far as I can tell. They might turn into assholes and I can't stop them. <laughs> we we had that sentiment about number one for a long while that he might just become an asshole and we were just going to keep chugging along, making sure his basic needs were met and doing the things that we knew we should do, even though they may turn out to be ineffectual. That's a good point. It's a little encouraging because it's very hard right now. It is hard. And, and I'm trying to look at the picture of what they understand because, you know, they're kids. But, uh, you know, the big picture, too, of what they need. And my work wife got very angry about that, too, because she's like, they are assholes, <laughs> basically. Like, yes. 
That's the problem. And that's what's bothering you is when they act like assholes, you don't like it. But that's like what you were telling your extra wife or whatever I started calling her that she also has children who are assholes and you were telling her, no, you're not going to like it when they're acting like assholes, but that will pass. Yes. Have some perspective. Back away. Slowly until you can turn and run. Yeah. <laughs> um, so continue, she said, so, your work wife. Yeah. She was really wound up about it. But like I said, she was wound up. Uh-huh. She really, like I said in the beginning, disapproves of incompetency, etc. Uh-huh. And sees our, our children struggling with that and wanting to be incompetent and makes her angry. And she wants them to stop that. And I think it makes us angry too. Yeah. And I think it's easier for me to get upset at number three about that because she should be capable of more. She is not 11 going on six. She is 10 going on 15. And if we take away the phone, she acts like 15 at a fucking toot and all. <laughs> yes, she does. She is definitely a teenage girl. Hormones run early in my family. Thankfully, she doesn't have too much of a figure yet. The good news is that with the number one child, he also started evening out when the other kids were starting to act crazy. Yes. He started to even out. Where most young men hit crazy about late middle school, early high school. He was hitting crazy fourth or fifth grade, and he was evening out by mid to late high school. Yeah, and his sister's doing the same thing. I, I hope she's not going to do it for longer. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. I think that she, because she is rational and because I can, when I catch her in the act of leaning into that attitude, I can talk her into the right choices and she'll still be snotty about it. But I can point out to her, you are letting your feelings make your choices for you. And you need to not do that or you're going to have some negative consequences. And she can... And the rest of your autistic family can explain this to you. So and, there. And that's the thing. You know, she's been raised by an autistic mom with an autistic brother and probably an autistic dad who also has other challenges. Mm -hmm. And so whether or not she has the autist as well, she definitely has that logical bent that she can put on her pointy ears, as we say, and override her feelings when needs be. Yeah, she's usually kind of mad about it, but she'll do it anyway. She will. Yeah. And it usually involves us confiscating her phone. Well, but that's okay. Yeah. And, and speaking of kids and speaking of my work wife reacting to the kids, what she said about that situation, the work wife, is the problem with number three child is she's a one-trick pony and you don't respond to her trick. That's true. She's been trained, unfortunately... By her other father. ...to be manipulative. And she's not thoroughly trained in it, thank God, but she's trained in it enough that she falls into it. Yes. And I don't, I don't respond to that. No, you don't. So so when she's all... When she... And you're, you're acting like some sort of... Closest thing I can think of is a bunny with little paws up front or a, a kitty and you're making a silly face, but she will make a cutesy face as... And, yeah, and put her arms out like... Little feminine people are occasionally want to do. Yes. Pretend to be small fuzzy animals. Yes, and walk around like that and I'm just like, I wish she'd knock that shit off. The other part of the time, she's running around like... Um, some fake video game character, like with her arms behind her. This is you guys' fault. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how our brother walked before? We wouldn't move his arms. Yes, we had we to, had teach, to him teach him to, to, move his arms. to, to cross. Yes. yes, yeah. So she does these these goofy things, and I just look at her like that's nuts. And how about some reality here? 
And she doesn't like that I don't respond to that. And so we have to find a better way to make a relationship because that is her relationship with her father. And that is not going to be my relationship with her. Correct. Because I just, I don't respond to this whole like manipulation thing. No. I just stand there like, and when you're done, what I want you to do is. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's true. And so. And her feelings get hurt about that. And so it's sort of like the problem that number two and I were having where he Mm -hmm. was so invested in this one way of interacting with his adult Mm-hmm. That when that way of interacting was not a way that I was going to buy into, he felt unloved. He felt unwanted. He felt unduly put upon. Yeah, and now we have two of them. <laughs> and that's what you and I were talking yeah, about the other night, yeah. that she's she's doing the exact same thing. Although I don't think to the same level or with the same potential consequences. No, but I found that I can use the same method with her that I do with him, which is I say the same thing that I was going to say, but instead of using my stern voice, like you've had to do with number two child, I use my sane parent voice and say, I think it would be a good idea if you brushed your teeth and hair before you left. Yeah. You know, just kind of casually say things that are probably a good idea, but not like with the tone of voice I'm otherwise feeling of, please quit being a jackass. You're making me mad. And see... Because, you know, like anybody else, they they don't respond well to it. And Mm -hmm. that's just logical. Well, yeah. It's just that there's so much of it. It's hard. They both need a lot of parenting and... It's counterintuitive, one would generally think, that as young people age, they would need less parenting. But teenagers do not actually need less parenting. They just need different parenting. I have seen too many teenagers go unparented. You and I, I think we're both unparented teenagers. Yeah, we were unparented before that, but that's another story. (laughs) Yeah... Yeah, so our, you know, our parenting methods are what they are. We're doing the best we can here. But we also have a sizable amount of other information and education that informs our decision making. Mm -hmm. Who was it? I forget it was one of, I think it was one of number two's IEPs, but it could have been one of number one's IEPs that said, if the therapist and the teacher can't help this kid, we don't know what to do either. (laughs) I think it was number one child. Yeah. Well, he was most resistant to parenting, though. He's resistant to everything. He's resistant to reality. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And and having gone through that with him, I think has probably affected our well-being in certain ways that then affects our parenting. Probably. So... Um, the thing I, I know that, that I've always known as, as a mental health professional is that teenagers are in a parallel process to toddlers. Uh-huh. They're basically really tall toddlers. Uh-huh. And that's why talking to them like they're tall idiots is going to be helpful. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to say this to you very nicely now. Like it sounds like something you're going to want to do because really you should. You know. But parts of it I am going to let fall by the wayside. You're gonna. They're, she's gonna go out of the house with fuzzy teeth and ratty hair, and eventually she's gonna get called out by somebody else, and it's time for her to have that experience. And I think that there's this sense, and I was thinking about this in the shower the other day. 
and I was going to run this idea by you, that with him, you know, you have to pick your battles. But with her, there are so few battles that even when you pick like half of them, it still feels like you've picked a fairly small amount comparatively. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it may be maybe worthwhile to back off even a little bit more on mm-hmm. some of those oh, and yeah. just natural consequences not let her are... have the natural consequences. Absolutely. Because if we're picking 10% of the battles with number two, that's still five to 10 battles a day. Mm-hmm. If we're picking 10% of the battles with number three, that's five to 10 per week mm-hmm. if she's being trouble. <laughs> Oh, and she can be trouble, mostly by not doing things. She's got this bad habit of saying she's going to do the thing and then wandering off and doing something else. What did you say, teenager what? I know, right? Yeah. Please put away the dishes. Okay. She's smart enough to agree with you. (laughs) Yes, this is the thing that number two has not yet figured out. Okay, but here's the thing that both number one and number three figured out about you. You forget. I do And they know that you're going to forget to pay attention to whether or not they did the thing. So if they say, okay, don't do the thing, you probably won't know. And that's what I had to explain to number three was that she she said something like, when you're around, I get meaner. And I was like, no, I get lazy when dad's not around. Well, that's going to be your problem. It is. Because I'm not going to fix it. No, you're not. Because I'm, I'm, I've got enough grief to deal with, and now I'm getting grief for about Ugh. about that. But No. But and she, she acknowledged that you're, you're the one I am gonna a lazy end, parent. You're going to end up doing her chores because she'll be in bed. Yes. So we'll see how that works out. Yes. So she, we'll see if you still feel real nice then. Right. Because what, what's been happening is I say to you, hey, she's not doing the thing because I'm already chasing after him. Yes. So I, I let you chase after her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sometimes I remember to chase after her, and sometimes I get distracted by the other things that need doing. Mm-hmm. So, although I'm hoping, that hey now, kids, if parenting sounds fun to you, listen to our podcast. Hey kids, if unprotected <laughs> sex sounds like a good idea, <laughs> player, if, yeah. If you have teenagers at home, oh my god, who are asking for condoms, <laughs> play our podcast. Uh-huh. Oh See what they think god. then. <sighs> it, it, it did convince number one child that he does not want children. No, and this is great because number one, he's like 18. And as soon as he turned 18, he started asking me about a vasectomy, basically. Yes, he did. He actually sought out a urologist and everything. He was sending me links to urologists and I was like, okay, so here's how you have to go about doing that. And now that you're 18, you do actually have to be the one doing this. I can't do it for you anymore. Yeah, I Which, don't know if he's going to get... At that point, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, then he got distracted because he was leaving and, and whatever. And you can listen to how that happened a couple episodes back. But, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. So is that it? For now... Well, we're we're gonna be on this merry-go-round for another eight years, babe. Is that it for tonight? Although maybe seven, if number three child skips a year, and number two moves out when he's eighteen, even if he's not done with high school, he still wants to move out then. Yeah, well, don't get my hopes up. Okay, all right, <laughs> that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. 
If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. I don't know where we're starting. You're going to have to move that closer to me. I am going to have to move it closer to you. No, no, you can't do that. You have to relax because this pillow is going to make noise and we're both going to get in trouble. <laughs> Go, on. Go sit down. Go on. Ha, 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 ha.